My loves, I don't know if you're like me or many of my friends or the, a lot of the people that I know, but listen, do you have a cabinet in your kitchen that's packed with supplements and all these amazing things? They're all there to support your overall health, to boost your gut, to boost your vitality, but you ended up being like too overwhelmed to even like look at it and create a routine with them that you're like just ended up skipping taking your supplements. I've been there too, honey. And this is why I want to take a moment to share an incredible discovery with you, my darling. It's called AG1. And let me tell you, it's been a game changer for me. And how I noticed that it was a big game changer for me was when me and my dad were, do were, we were doing that grief walk from uh, friends through Spain. And I got to tell you, the food was delicious, but it wasn't the best for my gut. But how I kept the gut going, how I kept boosting my vitality throughout the walk was every morning I would put a pack, a packet of the AG1 into a water bottle and I would shake it up and I would drink it. Even my dad, who's always like, here, dad, here, this is good for you. He's like, no, thanks. And granted, you know, the homie's got, you know, he's doing really well um, health-wise. And, but he's always like, nope. But with this, with AG1, he was like, okay, give me some. And he would take it. And it's, there is, it's, it's amazing when you take something, uh, you know, with routine and you start to see the results. It's like, okay, fine. I found my thing. Especially because it's just one serving that has the most straightforward way and simplest way for you to get your vitamins and your nutrients and your minerals and your prebiotics and probiotics. And honestly, why take a bunch of different things when you can just get um, all of it in, in one scoop of this delicious magic AG1 powder? into a glass of water or into the beautiful uh, water bottle that you get. This is how I start my days, honey. And honestly, if you're a traveler, they also uh, will send you, you could also get the AG1 travel packs and they're amazing. And, and every time I have a friend that comes over to the house, I'm always like, here, take a couple of these and try it out for yourself, you know? And I want to share an amazing, exclusive, delicious offer with you today. If you want to take ownership of your health, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com backslash sa. So that's drinkag1number1.com backslash sa. Um, you got that. And if you don't go to the show notes, it's there. And cheers to your health and your vitality. Hey, my love, listen real quick. I hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as we love creating it for you. And if you find value in what we're doing and you want to show some appreciation, we have two simple ways for you to contribute. The first one is by buying us a coffee. It's a one-time donation that goes a long way in helping us cover production costs, equipment upgrades, and other podcast-related expenses. Every cup of coffee makes a significant impact in our ability to keep delivering the quality content that you love. The second option is for you to become a monthly supporter by buying us a coffee on a reoccurring basis. By setting up a monthly donation, you become an integral part of our podcast sustainability. And we get to continue to create the content you love with confidence, knowing that we have a reliable source of funding coming in. 
And we love you for that. Listen, head over to the show notes and click the link there or go to buymeacoffee.com backslash spiritually sassy show. Again, that's buymeacoffee.com backslash spiritually sassy show. And I just want to say thank you so much to all of you who have already been buying us a coffee. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Your generosity is so wonderful. And we're incredibly grateful for your support. What's up, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show, where we are redefining what it means to be spiritual in the modern world. I'm your host, Sadie Simone, and I'm so grateful that you are here. Listen, after you listen to this episode, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Let us know how this episode has touched you. How, let us know how this episode has impacted you. And let me give you a little backstory on this episode. I was talking to my team about... Um, wanting to do a show on grief and share about my grief walk, the grief walk that I did with my father, the 500 mile grief walk that we did this past May, May, 2023. And I, I felt like, okay, I want to have a conversation with someone about grief, someone who I love and who, and who we have like deep intimacy, deep intimacy with each other. And that we can talk about grief and all of its layers. And then I'll bring in the walk, the grief walk that I did with my father into the episode. So I was like, okay, let me reach out to my friend, Adriana Rizzolo. And, and then she was like, yeah, naturally, let's, let's go. And just before getting onto the podcast, I called her to just check in. And the podcast took a turn, honey. The direction of the show took a turn. We went from grief to sexual to sexual education and sexual shame and sexual trauma and layers upon layers of that. And the episode is lit. The episode is powerful. The episode is so educational, so needed. We do touch upon grief in a variety of different ways and In case you're still wanting to hear me talk about the grief walk, I am going to be doing an entire episode on it. So don't don't worry, my darling, that's coming. Okay, a little backstory, a little bit of information in, in who Adriana Rizzolo is. First, she's a dear friend of mine, someone who I connect connected with many years ago, who I've been inspired by for many years. And she's a dear friend, she's a true friend. She's someone who holds, you know, my grief with me, who holds my joy with me. She's the founder of Body Temple Church and the creator of Body Temple Dance. She's a spiritual mentor, somatic healer, adult sex educator, writer, movement artist, and guide. She identifies most as an undefinable mystic, queer witch and lover of the dark mother in all her forms. Om Namah Shivaya Take from me that is not free Om Namah Shivaya 
the um Govindas and Radha, that's them, right? Yeah. He's like, Cheers. So who is Shiva? From me. Who is Shiva, <laughs> who is Shiva for those who don't know? Oh, I'm probably you know, not the best person. Lord. Now, but well, you are, the babe. Lord. Okay. Yeah. Well, it depends. I mean, from like a more traditional perspective, the, the Lord of transformation, the Lord of destruction. I mean, in, in different like tantric, like from more of a Shakta tantric perspective, they see everything as Shakti. So Shiva really is. Shiva and Shakti are one and the same, right? That that Shakti is the one that animates Shiva. Like one of my teachers, Laura Amazona, used to say that Shiva without Shakti is a corpse. So it's like Shiva is, you know, and then the Shakti animates, right? So it's like the experience and then, you know, all the energy that animates. But, you know, then also the Lord of transformation, of destruction, of, you know, like, the absolute. Um, but I think in our lineage, it's more Shiva is God, you know, and that experience of the absolute and, you know, that ultimate mm-hmm. supreme um, consciousness. So Shiva's consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. I remember chanting Om Namah Shivaya and saying, you know, everything was Om Namah Shivaya. When I was living at Amma's ashram in the south of India, me and my sister were. Om Namah Shivaya. Uh, and Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. Every <laughs> single thing was like, good morning, Om Namah Shivaya. You didn't say good morning. You didn't no. say thank you. You didn't say you welcome. Om you wanted something, Om Namah Shivaya. It was all like body language and Om Namah Shivaya. Yeah. Good night, Om Namah Shivaya. You know, everything was Om Namah Shivaya, yeah. honey. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and at yes. some point, that that supreme consciousness, that like mm-hmm. you know, enlightened consciousness of Lord Shiva, mm-hmm. that seems to be external, starts to become mm-hmm. uh, embodied with your consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Mm-hmm. The more you chant the name of the divine in mm-hmm. in Buddhism, we say we call mm-hmm. it Guru Yoga. The mm-hmm. more you become the Guru, the more you yeah. become the deity. Yeah, and these these yeah. hymns, these powerful. Mm-hmm words to these celestial developed mm-hmm. enlightened beings mm-hmm. the more we chant them with mm-hmm. with um fierceness mm-hmm. with intention with mm-hmm. attention the more mm-hmm. we're able to mm-hmm. embody and become one with that with that guru consciousness meaning yeah. that enlightened consciousness and yeah and it's amazing what happens i mean yeah. you and i are are, are bhaktis and Bhakta. we love to chant and sing you know Okay, so I have the aphorisms of Shiva, the Shiva Sutra. It says, the all-pervasive Lord who creates, preserves, destroys, protects, and graces is nothing but the self, capital S, because Shiva is its true nature, who bears the crescent moon, uttered aphorism, which in sections as a whole, this part doesn't make any sense to me, but we can stick with that other part. (laughs) It starts to get super esoteric and I'm in the middle of the book, but talking about, right? Like it's the supreme, it's the supreme, right? And what you're saying, Sa, is so powerful because especially in Tantra, it's like, we're, we're not relating to like a man that is like, she has a crescent and like a snake around his neck. Like it's, you're relating to and to energy, you're relating to the formless God, you're the formless experience of God. Like whenever you taste God, right. That, and you experience yourself as not separate from everything in existence, you're experiencing Shiva, right? Like that is, and you know, that will destroy your concepts of who you think you are when you experience, when you touch God, right? Like we, we have that. And that's part of the 
destroying, which is, you know, why it's like people are afraid, I think, but it's so necessary for us to be healthy and happy and alive to be able to touch that liberation and then to allow it to transform us and to be in relationship to it. So it doesn't just, mm. I think we were, it, it, life will destroy us anyway. So what you might as well relate to the force of nature. <laughs> <laughs> and the powerful time and like offer the blessings that's right. and like be in reverence of this this protector this destroyer this creator this everything you know that is ultimately love i i've i've experienced it as you know and and it's a mystery mm -hmm. as well the great mystery yeah. And the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, merging with that consciousness, it really is about the destruction of our belief systems, our our identities, our preferences, our righteousness, our all of the things that, that defines our somebodiness. Mm -hmm. You know, Om Namah Shivaya is yeah. really dissolving, mm -hmm. destroying, burning, uh, deleting all the things that hold us back from feeling mm -hmm you know, solid, mm. self-existing independently of the world yeah. and making us feel that we are special. Mm -hmm. And it's like, mm -hmm. Om Namah Shivaya, honey. Yeah, yeah. That is not what it's Let about. Let that shit go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to just like in the, most, in the most simple terms too, it's like to orient towards something greater than like all that bullshit. You know what I mean? To just continually, I mean, I love that Om Namah Shivaya really has become like when something happens, you know, when something happens, you drop something, you're like, fuck, you know, like you like, uh, that's always like the mantra, like shit, like, uh. and over the years, I remember one time when I was in India on pilgrimage, we were staying on this Ayurvedic farm, um, in a beautiful place called Madhuban. And I fell, it was like, it was monsoon season and the steps are like concrete and it's this beautiful farm, but like, you know, everything's made out of fucking really hard concrete. In India. <laughs> everything's like wires sticking out of concrete, you know? So I slipped and I fell and I landed on my tailbone and my partner Harshita was, was right behind me. And as that happened, and it was like so painful, like if you ever like land on your tailbone, you're like, you know, but of course, like there's all this symbology of like the sir, the Kundalini Shakti, like that's our lineage of like living in the space of the spine anyway. And he was standing, he was walking behind me and he was like, Om Namah Shivaya. And he said it like at, when I fell and I was just like, ah, and, like I just yelled whatever. I don't know. It's so long ago. And, and truly like ever since that moment, and then, you know, I was okay. It was fine. But I just always now when something's hap like about to happen or something unexpected, or I get shocked, you know, that moment where you're like, Oh no, like your body is going through like an, Oh no, or, Oh, like I'm, I'm afraid kind of moment. That's the mantra that always comes. Cause that also is yeah very connected to our lineage. But so I love that you said that. Cause I say it like a lot mm -hmm. throughout the day <laughs> mm -hmm. like om namah shivaya because you're also just like blessing that moment when you can't control it it's like what like you know and that's 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 what we're doing in our spiritual practice as well we're blessing we're blessing in all the ways that we do these this unknown this uncontrollable life you know that's such a gift and that's also so terrifying in so many ways mm-hmm and it, the gift and terrifying, mm -hmm. that paradox there mm -hmm. is why I was like, I want to talk about grief. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, who do I want to talk about grief with? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to Adriana. Yeah. I want to talk to my darling friend. Yeah. And then just before I um, we hopped on, I was like, 
you know, I want to talk about grief, but I also want to talk about sexuality. Mm -hmm. And then you were like, girl, you can't talk about sexuality without grief. And I was like, okay, done. So let's go there. Let's bring to the forefront, you know, the intention of this show of this episode is for Mm -hmm. us to dive into the, into the daily grief, into the capital G grief Mm -hmm. into that comes from capital T trauma, Mm -hmm. like a mother fucking dying. What kind of fucked up life is this? Mm -hmm. That a mother Mm -hmm. dies, that a Mm -hmm. father dies. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of fucked up bad design is this? Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. the blessings, Mm -hmm. the lessons, Mm -hmm. the beauty, Mm -hmm. the gratitude, the Mm -hmm. inspiration. Mm -hmm. And with all that, then Mm -hmm. let's weave in Mm -hmm. You know, the intentional sexuality, being educated Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. in sexuality, which Mm -hmm. is something that we don't talk about enough in the show. Mm -hmm. And I trust you Mm -hmm. um, deeply to lead us and educate us and to Mm -hmm. be in an inquiry together. Yeah. So that's the intention for the show. And thank Mm -hmm. you for coming on. (laughs) Oh, my goddess. It's just, uh, ah, (laughs) you know how much I love Uh, you. San, I have been friends for just. It feels like so many lifetimes. So it's just always such a such a joy when when we connect. It's just like all of our Aquarian just like wildness is is there. And um, yeah, so I'm just so grateful to be here and to chat with you. It's such an honor. Oh, thank you, my darling. Yeah. So share with me that little bit that statement that you shared about like you can experience sexuality without yeah. grief. Yeah, and I was like, "Damn, I never thought about it like that." Fuck, honey. Yeah. Thank you <laughs> for that. Like, wake up, bitch. <laughs> Go. Well, I think it's. I mean, I think I, I. And when I say sexuality, I, I think it's important to name what I mean by that because you know our sexuality is on our sexuality as in terms of like what we desire, what we prefer is it on a spectrum, you know, just like gender sexuality is like a lo- a large spectrum. So this means different things for different people. Like I'm not here to tell someone else what their sexuality is or means I'm here as a sex educator to hold space for that discovery within another. And obviously that is true for me and my journey. So when it comes to, you know, you can't explore, I would say authentic spirituality or conscious spiritual, uh, sorry, sexuality or authentic sexuality without grief is that when we confront, right, something that's really true and like raw, right? Like we, we can practice in our spiritual life all day long, like dissolving into Shiva, like we were just talking about dissolving into consciousness, like dying into love, right? Like doing all this spiritual practice. And then you go and you have sex with another, you know, consenting adult. And what happens? Like, you might have that experience, right? You might have a spiritual experience temporarily, and then you're just like crazy, usually. <laughs> <laughs> the bitch comes I mean, like, good, honey. She is unhinged, you know? The category is clinically unhinged, honey, okay? <laughs> I mean, it's just true, like, especially uh, in varying degrees. This is true for everybody, but like most of us, if you're, if you're, if you're sensitive, if you're a sensitive person and soul, if you've experienced, like you said, big trauma, I mean, and, and, and even if you haven't, right, just, if you're just somebody who's awake to the world, you know, like your, your, your hormones, your nervous system, like everything shifts in such a deep way in both this beautiful way, like 
you know, there's, there's, um, research done that says the vagus nerves, which we all know about the vagus nerves probably by now, or if you don't, you could, I'm sure listen to 7,000 podcasts of saws where, um, other people talk about it. It's such a beautiful, um, development, right. In, in our world. Um, but there's research done saying that the vagus nerves go into, um, and all the way towards the prostate, both in a female prostate or in a person with a vagina's prostate, which is also known as the G spot or the urethral sponge. And then, um, obviously in male body people, the prostate's there. So there is research done. And in my experience, the vagus nerves do travel all the way to our sex organs and places where we do and can orgasm from. So why I'm sharing that is that one, it brings us into those states where we feel like we are we we dissolve, right? We ex- we can experience all kinds of transcendental states if we want to, and you can learn how if you don't. And there's this way that our ego, it's like it, like you said, it's like we become unhinged in a way um, if we're really going for it. And the more and more that you practice any kind of conscious spiritual sexuality, I can't even like say one without saying the other. So annoying. I'm like spiritual sexuality. It's the same thing. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's the same yeah. shit. So it's like, but to practice that, the more and more, the more unhinged you become. You know, like the more that you feel free to express that raw truth in the moment, free to like not know, but like fully give yourself over to God with like everything that you have, you know, like this is what, this is our devotional nature that some of us like yourself and, you know, those of us that have felt this towards, towards the divine to the point where we're like, I got to go to India. Like I got to go somewhere. I got to, I got to like get somewhere where people understand this experience, this language of like the divine is within us. We can directly experience it. That's yoga. That's what the whole mystical path is about, right? So I think in its relationship, when we experience an authentic desire, it will take us to some unknown and it will bring us in relationship to some loss or some experience of fear or rage or anger or these other things that are covered like grief is usually covered in a lot of that stuff right and so you know you might feel fear anxiety after you you know make love with somebody and then you're like when am I gonna hear from them again all these things that the mind is like has this whole story but what's really underneath it is like oh my god I'm so afraid of loss I'm afraid of death I'm afraid of like so many things, right? Our attachment, our attachment wounding, right? Like it's all in there. And so, you know, in my experience of also just coming at it from the other side of grief, like losing someone you love, going into these states where like your, your whole system shuts down, your sexuality shuts down. Sometimes your digestion shuts down, right? Like your body goes into survival states. Those, those doorways, you know, when we're, when we're confronted with grief on that level, there's a certain there's a certain awareness that comes in that really invites us to like, I cannot live in an inauthentic way. Like I know, like I know this life is going to end. I'm experiencing the loss of somebody that I love and it's fucking painful. There is nowhere, there's nothing to do with this pain. There's like no fucking mantra. There's like no breath work. It just comes back because that's, that is the doorway. And, and through that experience of loss, we encounter this vast kind of, you know, fertile 
creation, this universe, you know, that is erotic, you know, in Tantra, it's like the goddess Lalita Mm -hmm. is, she is the energy of orgasmic, the orgasmic energy of the universe. So it's like, you know, there is this like mysterious dance, you know, between grief and death and, and sex and sexuality and our authentic expression, you know, it's, it's all kind of mixed in there. And then the last thing I'll say for now, and then I want to hear what you think is, (laughs) is, is when people do. So as a sex educator, right? Like what is sex education, right? There's this, there's this way that when we explore our sexuality and we have a context for it, like most of us did not grow up with any sort of sex education, like growing up. And if you did, it was usually like not good. Like it was full of just like misinformation. Awful. awful. Like for just all fear genders, inducing. Right. And never yeah. mind if you're queer, like forget it. Like you really, it's like, like just literally doesn't exist. Fear inducing and also just deeply like damaging. You know what I mean? It's, it's insane. Right. Cause a lot of it was coming from, at least in the West, it's like all these, you know, views that are religious and all this like anti, like positive, like sacred, how sacred our sexuality is, right. There's no rite of passage for when, you know, a girl starts bleeding and becomes, you know, a human that can actually get pregnant. There's no rite of passage. You know, there's just like, well, I don't know, get rid of the blood, you know, stick a tampon in there. Like you, 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 the shame, you know, that you start to enter into as soon as you become fertile, it's like you immediately all of a sudden take on this world of shame into your body just for being a person with a pussy or a vagina, you know, and then, you know, people with cocks have the same thing just in their own way, you know, in a totally different way that I can't really speak to as much, but I know is there from working with people. And so, you know, there's this way that as adults, we can choose to get this education. And when we do, you know, a sex educator for adults, it's like getting the validation for your experiences. Like that's a part of what a sex educator does. Um, You know, we offer the, the necessary resources, you know, that are like, Here's, you know, people have been doing sex sex education outside of the systems for a long time, you know, like, especially, you know, there's a big wave of it in the seventies, you know, in, um, Joseph Kramer was like a, you know, ex Jesuit priest, gay man. I don't know if you know, Joseph Kramer, total maniac. But tell me, oh, shit, a queer priest, honey, let the tea be heard, darling. No, these are like the OGs. These are the OGs of of sex education because you know, like back then, Joseph Kramer was an ex Jesuit priest, gay. You know, meditation and would and started teaching on meditation, masturbation. Um, Put out so many videos of practices. Um, He started the Body Electric School in the eighties to teach about. Um, the, you know, the healing power of orgasming and the healing power of sexuality. Um, and you know, so many other people, Betty Martin, like Gina Ogden was, you know, a sex therapist and is who studies, you know, um, how our orgasms are connected to our emotional body again, right. The vagus nerve, right. So there's mm-hmm. all this, like, there is this, this stuff out there. It just gets so overridden by, so much other stuff, right? So a sex educator teaches accurate information. Sometimes like what I teach is sex education for women and for people with vulvas, where we're talking about these particular parts of the vagina, specifically the G spot, which means we're giving you information that's just true. It's just, this is a part of your body and it's 
so wild, saw like how just information li- can liberate like trauma. Like it's it's like because a lot of times we're like because especially you and I we're like it needs to be in the body. You know we're like get in the body. You know like it has to be here. But the truth is when we're so wildly misinformed, when we're living in systems that are just reflecting the opposite of what we know is true about our own bodies and about the sacredness of our sexuality. Just hearing the right information or the accurate information or the affirmative information like frees us in so many ways. Um, And so they might encourage informed sexual exploration. That's one of the things we do. Mapping practices, bringing conscious touch um, without orgasm and then also learning how to internally orgasm in my case the work that I do and also celebrating like celebrating the success of your pleasure you know like you experience this pleasure with this person like that's fucking amazing right like how do we hold that vibration of like wow like how incredible you know um and I think the last piece for sex educators is a lot around witnessing the personal empowerment, you know, that really occurs when people embark on any sort of journey around their sexuality. And like I said, this could be true for grief too, right? You know, it's like when people have that courage to feel, it's like, I mean, the the develop like the personal development that happens is it's indescribable. It's tremendous the ways that we can embody our truth when we find that courage or if we're called, because not everybody is, there's different, you can't really approach this work like grief. You can't control it, you know? And like, I always say like grief, God and the G spot and the G spot, you know, I could talk more about that if you want. And this is also true for um, a male prostate that can orgasm, right? They're both prostate orgasms. It's all three of those things are things you can't control grief, God and the G spot. (laughs) So I'm like, bitch, like, these are things you have to like bow down to if you want to really know, right? If you want to really know like anything about it, you have to learn how to go so slow, how to honor and learn consent, right? Most people don't know that how to get consent even from their own bodies and, and how to move slow because some people aren't ready. You know, I, it's like, and that's okay too, right? But you can entertain the possibility that what you've experienced in the past, if it was traumatic, if it was boundary breaching, that another reality is possible for you. Like that's usually a really great place to start is just that you can experience the goddess of sexuality, of shamelessness in your body. Like you can, and and just entertaining that possibility is usually a good place for people to start if they're, if they do have a lot of sensitivity around this. Wow. Bitch, there's just like so much to unpack. I'm like, where do I even begin? Sister of the light, my queer of the light. Listen, (laughs) first thing I want to name here, it's as a queer person of color, I it's really like looking back at how traumatic those afternoons watching those uh, VHS DVDs. I think they were, maybe there were DVDs at my point already. Um, but maybe no, maybe they were VHS tapes and then we would sit in this, in this classroom in high school and watch those tapes and, Uh and just be like fear field and be so terrified and so ashamed of our, of our, of our own, uh, rite of passage that there we're now sexually active that we're now mm-hmm. wanting to explore ourselves in new ways that we're now 
you know, transitioning out of the things that were of interest mm. to us. Mm. And now that we're being sexually active mm. and, and wanting to connect with people in these intimate ways and everyone, everyone, I, I shouldn't use that word, shouldn't be so, so uh, essentialist about it. But mm. I think so much of what I was fed during mm. those years was so shame inducing, so trauma inducing, just mm-hmm. so fucked up. Mm-hmm. And then that, that I can only imagine, um, how that impacted heteronormativeness, yeah. but how that impacted queerness, it was mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. then the, 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 the lack of education that they never mm-hmm. put out there about HIV and AIDS. Yeah. And just so the layers are so mm-hmm. awful and, and, you know, there is sexual shame mm-hmm. and there's sexual trauma mm-hmm. and it's all kind of muddled together because yeah. of lack of sexual yeah. education, because yeah. we didn't have someone like yeah. you doing our very formative years, mm-hmm. you know, late in middle school and early mm-hmm. in high school mm-hmm. when we were getting lit and we were yeah. curious yeah. and mommy and daddy and educators at that point were so lost in the soup and so lost in the sauce that they didn't have the training. So they didn't know what to do. No. If you had, you know, parents who were kind of, um, you know, um, um, you know, more free, they just allowed you to do whatever you wanted. I don't know very many, um, uh, parents or I don't know very many friends of mine mm. who didn't have, who don't have mm. certain degree of sexual shame or sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. And now they've gone from having sexual trauma and sexual shame to the mm. full polar opposite of now yeah. Yeah. exploring themselves with multiple partners, exploring mm-hmm. themselves in mm-hmm. parties, exploring themselves in festivals, exploring mm-hmm. themselves in all these different ways, mm. which is, I, I find that it can be wonderful and it could also be another way to just cover up yeah. the, yeah. the, the sexual shame. It's just yeah. another way to yeah. just mask the thing that's, yeah. you know, that demon that's there still. And I'm still exploring this and, <laughs> and, and curious about it. Uh, you know, yeah. and I have a constant conversation with friends who are interested in play parties, who are mm-hmm. interested in multiple partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't bring shame to the topic. I just bring curiosity to it. Like, yeah. tell me yeah. how and, yeah. and why are you interested in that? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, part it's of so me is like, deep. girl, I'm so <laughs> busy how the fuck do you have the time to be dating multiple people how the fuck do you have the time that's to always go like, my question too you know, i'm always like that I'm feels like, cute uh, but where when i just don't have the it? time like when literally i look at my life i'm like i literally am booked yeah. you know thank god for the dharmic <laughs> path that i have but i'm like that's so much work yeah. well you know i hear some of the revelations that they're having and you know yeah. the mystical path is about direct yeah. realization of God and the yeah. direct realization of God can come mm-hmm. very easily when you're bringing yeah. intentionality and sacredness into the yeah. sexual act, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I just wanted to name that, that, that like we all have sexual shame and we all have mm-hmm. sexual trauma to some degree or totally. another totally. because we didn't grow up with education. We didn't grow up with mm-hmm. people like you. Mm-hmm. So thank you for doing this work. Thank you for being a bridge back yeah. into our fucking yeah. sexuality, honey. Yeah. Back into our... <laughs> sexual act back into our sexual needs. Yeah. Yeah. And in relationship to the creator, I mean, literally the creator is in your pelvic bowl. Like it's, it's like, it's, she's there. It's, it's, she's alive. You know, she's, 
she's right there. And so there's also this powerful relationship to that, that aliveness, that, that creator that we carry, like you're saying, and thank you for sharing your personal experience of, yeah, being queer, being a person of color and having, you know, just so much fucked up, like you said, information. And then, you know, people evolve as they go on to like taking the pill, which is, doesn't inform you at all and just like fucks you up and fucks up your hormones. And, you know, nobody teaches you how to work with your cycle and how to, you know, be in relationship ultimately, right. It's all a rejection of, of mother earth. It's all a rejection of the earth and the sacredness of the earth, because that's, that's where the blood comes from. And that's where your semen, you know, it's like, can you imagine offering that to the earth? You know, it's like, there's this relationship between the nature of our bodies and nature herself that is not it's not made up and you don't need to fucking microdose to experience. Well, some people do, but I don't need to microdose to experience it. It's like, it's, it's here. That's what the, that's what the tantric path. When we, when we do these practices, we awaken to animism. We awaken to this reality that we are not separate and we can hold an understanding that everyone has these unique experiences that we might all carry shame. Like you said, to a certain degree, of course, I also agree with that. And we all, we all need our own stories to be heard to a certain extent. Like that's where the grief and the sexuality work is interesting because even with the embodiment work, it's like somehow the stories, they, they're carried in our body in a certain way that the story can actually invoke or evoke these energies that want to be freed. And, um, the second thing that you were sharing about, like when we have these experiences growing up that might whether we've had sexual abuse um, or, you know, you haven't had any extreme sexual abuse for me, I don't have any recollection of sexual abuse, but my mom had sexual abuse really intense and it's in my lineage. And I've always had all the symptoms of that. I've always, like you said, that demon, that energy, like I know all about that energy and how unconscious and how, you know, it's gotten me into all kinds of stuff that I've had to wake up from and it's painful. So it makes sense to me that a lot of us, avoid it because it is like, you do have to kind of like, you, you need the right support to work with it. Cause it's a powerful, it's a powerful unconscious that, that then can become a powerful force of, of consciousness, right. If, if we have the right support and tools. And so in my experience of like, yeah, play parties and being bisexual, like the whole thing, it's so complex and it, it's so nuanced. Like it's nothing we could even generalize in a conversation. So I'm not even going to try unless we're like talking about our own specific experience or someone else that we're talking about. But I will say that's part of why the work I was trained by this woman named Deborah Sundahl. And she taught, was a sex educator for 40 years. She was a a lesbian in San Francisco in the early eighties and started teaching at the first female owned sex shops in San Francisco, good vibrations and in New York. And she was iconic, like total beyond an eye, you know, icon to the max and just started doing this research, you know, um, in her, in her, um, world, you know, of, um, queerness. And then also going to like therapy conferences. And she told me like back in the early eighties, like even sex therapists would all have orgies. And she's like, it's not like how it is today. Like all back then, everybody was doing their own education. Like they were exploring, even the therapists were all fucking, like everybody was figuring it out. Right. Cause there was like no information. And so she was a real pioneer and is a, you know, a, a legend in this world. And so she trained me and she actually died in March. So Again, here's another like very weird and interesting thing because when I would work with her and we would hold space in groups for people with vulvas and women to do this mapping practice, a lot of the time what comes up is grief. 
like a lot, like grief and disgust, the sensation of disgust comes up and numbness. Like these are very common experiences when you're, and you could, you know, with mapping, you know, just bringing conscious touch is what mapping is. And we're doing it with this specific part of the, of the vagina, the G spot. Right. And so these are common things that the grief, like the tear, like out of nowhere, it's like direct access to the way that our body carries grief. And it's very wild and very, you know, kind of unexplainable, but it also inside the the container, it makes sense, right? Because who knows, like we're grieving the loss of everything we're talking about, the loss of being seen in moments when we needed to, right? Like that's what trauma is, right? Like if we have the appropriate place to bring our a traumatic event, we don't store it in our system. When we have the right person to talk to that can actually understand and empathize and be present, like none of us had that, right? Growing up. And that's why we're all like, on all sides, dysregulated over there, dysregulated over there. You know, we're just like, okay, how do we regulate? How do we regulate? How do we regulate? Because we didn't grow up with that, right? So, this is what we're learning now. And so, the grief, you know, it's, it's. I, I really feel like it's connected to so many things for so many people. But it would bring up sometimes the loss of a lover, the loss of, you know, a partner that died. You know, that they somehow still feel. Um, energetically connected to, right? Like the ways that are, you know, have you ever had that kind of love where it's like, it's psychic and all of a sudden you're like making love in this like ethereal way and you don't even totally understand it. You're like, I can feel this person on me and in me and around me, or you have a dream, you know, there's this way that like our sexuality and energy, it's like, it's so wildly, um, fluid and also like unseen, right? So Deborah taught me how to teach others to be their own sexual healers. And that's where I think what we're talking about of like, how do you know if you're not just like going out there, like doing the pole dances, like you're like, okay, girl, like twerking it, the fucking festival. You know, you're like, get it, girl. Like, I mean, get it. Like, don't stop getting it, please. Whatever that means for you. And it's like to really know, like, what is, re- like, what is my true desire? Like to, to know who we are, separate from others is so essential when it comes to a true authentic experience. Right. And so that's why I love the practice that I was trained in. Cause there's many different ways people do sex education and, you know, this kind of work, but I love giving others the tools so they can be in the, this relationship to their own sexuality, to their own body. And, and, and without expectation, you know, the first, the first practice we do is called awaken. And it's not about orgasming. It's not about ejaculating because, um, anyone with a vagina and any woman can ejaculate it. Anybody that wants to can, it's possible for everybody. And at the same time, right. To do a practice where you're not expecting any of that from yourself and you're just being with your body, it brings shit up. And I think it's good when shit comes up. I mean, I know there's, you know, 900 million ways that we avoid it and it's okay because whatever those ways are, are what you need in this moment, no shame. And I think to be awakened in our bodies for some of us is part of why we incarnated. So this is one of the ways that I found that's like, whoa, I can't believe I've been meditating for fucking 15, 20, 18 years, whatever, in 7,000 lifetimes and never meditated with my finger in my vagina or like cupping my vulva or cupping your cock and your, you know, like. How has that never happened? Like, why is that a left out part of our experience of being in relationship to the divine? You know, so that's that's a big part of it too, is bringing it into the room with our experience of the divine. You know, and we know why because of the patriarchy and puritanical culture, and 
I don't really like to spend too much of my energy exhausted on that, but I do like to just name it because it's. But do go know. there. Well, go I, there I think the it, yeah, God. No, I'm just saying, just please go there because it's it's educating us into understanding how systemic and cyclical and insidious mm-hmm. sexual shame is from yeah. one way or another. It, either it's in the collective hallucination, yeah, or it's in our lineage that's been yeah. you know if i when i look back at my lineage there's so much abuse and oppression yeah. and yeah. there's so much violence and so, it's very colorful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know in our work of feeling the mm-hmm. sexual shame in our bodies and mm-hmm. being with it right here right now mm-hmm. um in the present moment we are releasing it mm-hmm. it feels like we're only doing this work for us but the truth is we are purifying mm-hmm. and i know we're talking about puritanical mm-hmm. culture and mm-hmm. i'm speaking about a different kind of purification i'm yeah. speaking about a purification that's that's expensive that's a sassy that's bold that's yeah. vital that's necessary mm-hmm. we're we're purifying the collective consciousness of this poisonous hallucination that yeah. that says that our sexual expression is yeah. bad yeah. that our sexual needs are bad yeah. and then we're also eradicating the sexual shame from our lineage so we're doing mm-hmm. profound layered mm-hmm. complex work when mm-hmm. we can meet the sexual shame in our body and so yeah. much of my personal liber- liberatory mm-hmm. work has been to release my own sexual shame mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've never done in these mm. these uh, meditations mm-hmm. like that. But yeah. I'm very curious about it, you know. Butt plug meditation, so bitch. <laughs> Get on that butt plug okay. meditation. <laughs> My loves, let's take a quick break from the episode because I got to share something with you that is delicious, mind-blowing, and, and kind of really sweet of a surprise for me. Backstory, which probably all of you know, Um, by now I have struggled with acne scars um, for as long as I can remember and I say struggle as in I've always wanted to not have them you know and of course cystic acne is gone which is wonderful but the scars are there and they're deep and they are um, they're they're always like good morning sir how are you darling nice to see you again and I have spent so much money trying to get rid of these scars i have you know literally gotten i mean i it's pointless to mention i have done pretty much all the things available under the sun to be able to change the the texture of my skin to be able to say goodbye to the acne scars for me for me because for you if you think i don't look cute with my acne scars Uh, It is a reflection of the quality of your mind, Uh, okay? Let's just put that into perspective for a second. So anyways, I get sent sent a lot of products all the time. People that want to participate in a podcast, people that want me to talk about their products. And I'm extremely fierce about the brands and the products that I talk about because I have to be a trustworthy source for my community, my students. And so anyways... I have, uh, I have found, no, this product found me and I'm so glad it did. It's called One Skin and the product's necessarily not built for acne scars. It's built for a variety of other different benefits, uh, which I don't need them right now, or I don't think I will need them because I'm fine, um, with the way my skin is aging. However, 
if you're interested in transforming your aging process in a way that is healthier looking or more relaxed looking or whatever it may be for you. The point is, I want to share with you this product founded by four female PhD level longevity scientists with over 15 years of experience studying the biology of aging. The product that I'm holding in my hand right now is called One Skin OS One Face. I wash my face and I put this on and I put sunscreen on and that is all. And in one week, honey, I swear to you, it is wild. The, compl the, the complexity now, the texture of my skin is changing so much. I'm like, this can't be true, you know, because I always dream of a product like this, but hey, now it is here, you know? And unlike most skincare products on the market, one skin works deeper than the surface level and it's designed to promote healthier skin from the inside out. And check this out. In an independent 12-week clinical study, OS One Face, which is the product that I'm holding in my hand, the product that I'm talking about, demonstrated uh, efficacy by strengthening the skin's barrier and significantly reducing visible signs of aging. In the study, they were able to have these epic results. Wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. And 95.5% of the people who were in this, in this study and this clinical trial experienced improved firmness. One Skin is for everyone that wants to prevent or reverse the signs of aging with groundbreaking approach. One Skin addresses skin health at the molecular level targeting the root cause of aging so skin behaves, feels, and appears younger. It's time for you to get to experience a new skin health routine. And I'm offering you, as a listener of the podcast, a 15% discount when you use code capital S-A-H, my first name, you should know by now, at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with code S-A-H. And it's O-N-E-S-K-I-N dot C-O. And the code is capital S-A-H. And enjoy, my darling, because we only have one body, one skin, and only you can choose to make it better. Age healthy with one skin. My loves, I don't want to take too much time away from the episode, so just a quick break to give you some delicious information and something that's really exciting me. Listen, we have launched the Somatic Activated Healing Membership and the benefits that the members are sharing with us is so delicious. They're saying it's reduced depression and anxiety, reduced physical pain and sluggishness. I can't even say that word. Increased a sense of resilience, increased joy and inspiration hey we love that improved physical health and energy levels improved mental health and clarity and it's deepened their connection to authenticity and self-expression so all this a dream come true because i've always wanted to be able to have a sacred school meet temple meets dance floor so all of this coming together that's what the somatic activated healing membership is all about it's helping us 
take responsibility for what we're carrying and time to say goodbye to the emotional baggage and time to say hello open heart because you know the body keeps the score as we've heard this the body holds the imprints of our past experiences and unless you have the tools and the time to process your painful experiences as they happen it leaves an emotional residue alive in your body which then turns your body into inflammation then turns your mind into chaos therefore closes your heart listen and i've gone through this experience of carrying emotional baggage a massive heavy load for so much of my life that it was like making my body i mean the symptoms were wild chest pains cystic acne gut issues depression anxiety addiction suicidal ideation you name it all of these things were symptoms of unprocessed emotional baggage. So in the Somatic Activated Healing Membership, you have access to a multitude of practices, including the ultimate mind-body spiritual workout, which is what you're seeing me in the doing the, that looks like a, a, a sort of a regular dance practice, but there's an entire mathematical process happening behind, which I can't wait for you to experience it for yourself. In the membership, you also have access to um, guided meditations, master classes, spiritual talks, courses, and live Dharma workshops with me once a month. Maybe I forgot to say this, but there is somatic activated healing method practices every single day, live with teachers from all over the world, honey. And these are epic teachers who I have certified myself, so I fully trust them to deliver this message, to deliver this method. What we also have in the membership is a community page where you get to engage with other members. And we also have weekly inspirational prompts to get you going. So with the whole thing, this entire, you know, uh, uh, dance floor meets temple meets sacred school, the combination of all this together will give you the support to have a robust and foundational spiritual practice that, will, that could literally radically change your life. And you've heard the members, what they're saying, that it's working. So take it from what they're saying, honey. In any case, I love you very much. I hope you keep enjoying the podcast and... We're giving you a seven-day free trial to the membership. So get in there. The link is in the show notes. And um, I hope I get to see you on the dance floor. Big love to you. Peace. Shit. I okay, mean, it's... Tell me more. <laughs> it's real, right? Like, then you think about our asshole, right? It's like our anus, like so much of our root, right? And it's like, why is there so much anxiety? It's like when you think about uh, how tight and constricted and disconnected we are, right? From our literal root, from the whole pelvic floor, like from your pubic bone back towards your tailbone, right? Like that whole area and out to the sides of your sit bones, if you imagine that part of your body, right? If it's all tight, if it's like never being tended to, if it's like maybe only being like penetrated once in a while or maybe all the time, but in a way that doesn't actually align with you or, you know what I mean? It's just, it's like the care, like some of this is literal, like pelvic health. Like some of this work is not just, it's like, it's the shame and it's all the things you're naming, the ancestral healing. I mean, it's so powerful for that. And it's like, these are things that like, it's healthy, you know, like, like there's something like what you're saying of the, when we're completely infiltrated that our body is bad, right? That our sexuality is bad. Like this comes from, you know, the church 
from, you know, just however many fucking thousand years of them, like ignoring and repressing the goddess. And, you know, cause before that pre-Christian times, I mean, the goddess of sexuality Inanna, is like a, a goddess of that represented the shameless sexuality in India. There's the goddess Laja Gaudi, who is the goddess of, of, um, shamelessness. She's the shameless goddess and she has a lotus head and you worship her breasts and her yoni. And it's just a direct, it's like very, what you're saying of pure, it's like a pure, it's just the body. You're not worshiping like the idea of this goddess or that. It's just the body. Laja Gaudi is like the shameless goddess and you worship her pussy. Like, I mean, her yoni, which it means vagina, you know, in the mystical yoga traditions and her breasts and her head is just a lotus flower. So she's just body. She's just like this expression of divinity through the flesh. You know what I mean? It's so powerful when you hear these things. And even these ancient traditions that go all the way back, even in Japanese culture, they have, you know, images of the ejaculate coming out of a vagina and them drinking it because it was the nectar of immortality. I mean, these images go back and some of these goddesses that were, you know, pre-Christian. And so when all of that puritanical bullshit and like controlling, you know, shit, you know, and colonization and, and all that happened, it's like all of this got repressed, you know, and, and so many of us carry like that witch wound around like, oh, it's not okay for me to be free in my body, free in my sexuality. Um, I think we all feel like that to some degree, you know, even when people are like out and about on Instagram or even public, you know, we're like, okay, I'm this, I'm not, I'm queer. Like these labels that we're learning to own because there's a freedom in our labels at this point, because they've been so rejected but that's not the end. Like we all have our own personal journeys of like, Oh gosh, like what does it really mean to embody that? And, and there's actually something really natural. Like when I've done this work with Deborah on retreat, like there was one part of the retreat where we all go around and look at each other's vaginas and it was called show and tell. And the way you would do it, you would go over to somebody and be like, knock, knock. And then if they wanted you to like, look, they'd be like, come in. And if they didn't, you know, they'd be like, not now, you know, there was like a system of consent, but I can't tell you. And as weird as that is going to sound to like many people listening as it should, <laughs> this is not like everyday experience. You're like, it was the most comfortable, like part of the whole thing, like playful, like it, like to the point where I was like, when did we like stop like educating each other and just like, look at my vagina. Like, here it is. You know what I mean? Like, why is it such a like, Oh God, you know, not why I understand why it's so sensitive, but the naturalness, you know, that, and some of these people there were not like play party tantra goods. Like they were just women who like wanted to have better orgasms with their husbands. Like they were just like not comfortable. You know what I mean? They weren't like, yeah, great. Like I'm obviously more open in certain ways. I've been to all kinds of experiences like that. And I was like, wow, like this is just so natural to just really be able to learn by seeing someone else's body, right? To see like someone else's labia and G spot and be like, wow, like that's amazing. You know, there was this woman there and she told me it was totally great for me to tell as many people as I wanted because she had the most incredible vagina that I ever saw. And she was like 67. She had had three kids and she swore she had orgasmic births with all her kids. And she said every single time, like the hospital, they were just like, nobody believed her that she was like having an orgasm when she was giving birth. And her vagina was like, I don't know how to explain it, but it was amazing. I was just like, this is incredible. Like your pussy is amazing. I mean, everybody's pussy is amazing, but I was like, damn. And 
you know, when do you get to see that? Like what, like, I'm so, I feel so blessed. It was like this sixties on the arm of a giant. You're like, Oh, thank God. Like how sacred. Right. And then how sacred all of our bodies, you know, regardless of gender and gender comes into it, of course, too. And there's so much sensitivity, understandably around that. But I think the same truth runs in all of us that it's sacred, you know, and that a lot of these pre-Christian, you know, um, rituals, like some of my ancestors in Southern Italy and the Mediterranean, you know, some of these, these rituals they did mostly with women, trans and gay men were, you know, they were exorcisms to get the shame that was projected from others out of their bodies. And they ended in or, or orgies, you know, like sex was a part of the, the worship of the mother of the divine of Madonna of, you know, the, the, this was part of the worship was sex, you know? And so this was obviously going back some time. I mean, people probably still do it and, you know, in certain areas, especially in, in Southern Italy where I just was, but there's just something so natural about it. And the same thing for grief, right? It's like these natural ways of creating ritual, grief rituals, sacred sexuality. It's like all these things that really need the validation because we've been so invalidated and other people listening to this have been invalidated in ways that I never have and won't understand, but we all have in different ways. And that's part of the the program is to really allow ourselves to know that our sexuality is good. Whether even if you're sexual, even if you're asexual, right? Like this is something that comes up sometimes where people, I don't teach people like this is how you have a G spot orgasm. I'm like, do you want an orgasm? Like, do you want to have, like, what do you want? Like to me, I don't assume everyone that has a vagina should want what I like. I just think that that's like ignorant. That's just more of the same ignorance, right? That we're out there putting out this fucking yoni egg and this egg. And for the record, you can put any crystal in your pussy except for, you know, labradite, but literally you don't need an egg even. It's just like you can put any crystal in your vagina, but I'm just saying, you, you know, it's like, it's also like, well, what do you want? It's like, well, actually I don't have any sexual desire and I'm actually pretty good with that. You know I mean? I've heard people say that they're like, I've been like, I, I'm, I feel really great. I'm like painting, I'm doing my art. Like I don't have that energy and I feel I'm like, cool, great. Cause to me, it's like sexual energy, creative energy to all of us, right? It's all the same in a lot of ways. It's just learning how to work with it, learning how to harness it. That's important. And also what your truth is, like what your personal truth is, is, is the desire that I think if we're really on a path of liberation desire, right? We're taught originally to get rid of desire, but you are, you're not going to get rid of desire until you face it. Right. So that's why on this path, we learn to use it. We see desire as the direct line to our suffering. And so we get to like literally work with it very directly because desire and suffering are interconnected, as we know, all spiritual traditions teach us. So when we allow it, then we actually have access to like, how do I work with my suffering? How do I work with other people's suffering? Right. And this is part of the modern spiritual, like the modern mystics path, you know, is how do we work with the suffering? We're not just trying to get rid of it. We're, we're working with it. We're working it. We're transmuting it. We're holding space for it. And that's also why I think it's connected to grief. Cause that's the only thing to do with grief is to bring presence to it. You know, grief mm-hmm. only needs to be acknowledged and only needs presence. And from a, from, from a place that can really hold it, you know, Mm-hmm. Holy shit, girl. <laughs> Listen, I meow. remember, first of all, meow. meow. Wow, wow, wow. I'm glad we're having these conversations, you know. I'm glad we're bringing this into the show. 
I remember when I was doing that that UK uh, TV show, uh, you know, the big celebrity detox uh-huh. and the episode on shame. Mm. We I had all the participants meet with a couple who are nudists, mm. and <laughs> and they were having everyone become get get naked, mm. and then. Where I came in as soon as they were naked was to guide them through a mirror gazing conversation yeah. to gaze at themselves in the mirror naked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have a princess, you know, who's the cousin of the, of the, of the mm-hmm. queen of England mm-hmm. naked, looking at herself in a mirror. You mm-hmm. have, you know, the older people in the show, I mean, granted. Um, that whole episode was fucking legendary for mm. me participating mm. as the leader guiding people through the experience. Mm. And then when I look back and watch the show, just watching how deep that was for people. Mm. But essentially the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we don't have a simple practice or mm. even looking at ourselves in the mirror. I mm. notice myself. And of course I'm navigating a little bit of a funny line in my life, right? Mm. With the, with having like a public uh, life mm. where, mm-hmm. You know, the, uh, so many people, I'm so visible and yeah. I hang out in places where people follow my work yeah. and I'm going to, you know, I'm changing in the locker room mm-hmm. and there is someone who's yeah. a fan of my work there. <laughs> You're all, all, it's all, yeah, it's all. And I'm like, oh, cool. I know you, but it's like, Hey, you yeah. know, maybe this is not the time to yeah. say I love your work, but whatever. It's not but the reason why I'm record. saying this regardless. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> but regardless of, of my mm-hmm. public uh, persona mm-hmm. and, and the, the community and all that, mm-hmm. I am testing my capacity to be in my body mm-hmm. and not be ashamed of my body when mm-hmm. I am leaving hot yoga and I'm taking mm-hmm. a shower at the studio yeah. or I am leaving yeah. a cycling class yeah. at the gym and I'm taking a shower and, yeah. and I'm getting undressed in the locker room and I'm not sexualizing my body. I'm not eroticizing my body to be a seductress. I am just at home in Mm -hmm. my body and my presence in my body that is Mm. not filled with shame. That's Mm -hmm. a shameless Mm. expression of my Mm. embodiment of feeling Mm -hmm. at home in my body then becomes seductive, but it's not the intention to manipulate, to invoke, to grab attention. No, but I I notice Mm. how I, all the layers Mm. of that I'm so indoctrinated, I'm Mm. so hung up and I'm so stuck and I'm Mm. so, you know, uh, uh, unfree Mm -hmm. in, in these environments where there's Mm -hmm. other people. And I, and I, Mm. and I don't want to be changing tied up with this towel and put my underwear on and turn around this way. So one can look and this is like, fuck that life. No, I'm a grown ass man, honey. I love my body. (laughs) And thank you, body. Thank you, body. (laughs) You know, but regardless of what I look like, I just want us all to feel at home in our bodies. I want us all to feel. And when we feel at home in our bodies and we, we are immediately, we are, we don't have to, you know, yes, do the sexual, uh, meditation with yeah. Adriana, if that's what's calling right. for you. Wonderful. Right. But one thing you could do too 
is literally just notice when you're changing in a locker room yeah. Uh, yeah. or notice when their friends around in your house or when yeah. you're going to the pool with your friends or when you right. are sleeping at your friend's house and you're coming out of the shower, whatever mm-hmm. there's, we are constantly mm-hmm. exposed to opportunities to yeah. unbind, unshack yeah. ourselves from the sexual shame yeah. and this, this body hatred. Yeah. Fuck that yeah. shit. Fuck that you know? shit. I am all literally you. like enough yeah. with that story. Yeah. Enough with yeah. that story. Like, so yeah. test your material. Every time I am yeah. undressing mm-hmm. in a locker room or I am taking a shower in a public place, yeah. I'm constantly just like testing my material. Yeah. And oh, yesterday I was taking a shower at this yoga studio and the fucking shower curtain wouldn't close all the way. And these, these other people were talking right there and I could, and I could like see, you know, but I'm like washing my ass and I'm like, yeah. fuck it. I'm yeah. I got a big ass and it gets sweaty. Yeah. It's hot yoga. Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. You know, and I'm not going to like turn around and be trying to close the curtain. Like, please right. don't look it's at like, me. Oh my God. I'm yeah. so embarrassed of my body. No, no, I'm not embarrassed of my existence at all. Oh, yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. I'm not embarrassed of my existence at all, and we cannot be yeah. embarrassed of our existence. No, we're here for a fucking reason. Yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah. So how I am eradicating sexual shame from my mm-hmm. life is making these small but very very powerful cho- choices to. Yeah to be conscious and be in my body and not be locked up in like, what are people yeah. thinking about me? What yeah. do I look like? It's like, yeah, no girl. No, no. Uh, uh, anytime you spend hovering over your body, yeah. it's time missed. Anytime yeah. you spend, you know, judging your body, mm-hmm. it's there's consequences to that. And I'm just yeah. unwilling yeah. to put on more negative consequence on my yeah. path. Yeah. I want, have consequences that lead to love, consequences mm-hmm. that lead to forgiveness, consequences mm-hmm. that lead to peace, consequences that lead to intimacy and connection. Mm-hmm. So enough with that shit, yeah. you know? And I invite everybody to go watch. If you don't yeah. have a VPN to be able to download the VPN and be able to watch the, um, uh, the, sh- I know I want to see it now. On the, Yeah. Yeah. Go watch mm-hmm. it on the big celebrity detox or, mm-hmm. um, if you, just notice like yeah. all the little ways that you yeah. can start to the constriction, you know. like they, they show up as yeah. constrictions. Cause, cause we do this practice too, like mirror practice. And a lot of, like I said, the first stages, it's like, it's, it's dance. Like we do dance, but you know, we'll invite people to do this movement practice in the mirror, but it's not like, Oh, like, uh, like, it's not just like invoking sensuality and doing your time. Like that's a part of it, but so it also looks like, like make the most disgusting face you've ever made. Like, like feel like disgusted face in your mouth. Cause like practicing those states, then they give us that awareness that you're talking about. Saw like when we practice going to these different places that are like, Oh, constricted. Like we start to notice, right. When you say like, I love that you're inviting us into this like moment to moment, day to day experience of like, when am I constricted in holding this, myself to this, this story that I, that I'm unworthy because of how I look or because I have fucking cellular. Like, I mean, literally it's so insidious. Like you said before, it's like, you feel so unworthy because of so many things and it's fucking all complete bullshit. Like it's literally bullshit. It doesn't make you free. It doesn't get you love. It doesn't get anything except more of itself. Like that's how any of this is. That's how shame works, right? It doesn't get us the connection we're seeking. So we build the connection like what Saul's inviting us into. And then we start to feel that we start to feel the freedom, you know, then we feel like, no, I don't want that. I don't want to be tied. You know, I don't want to be bound in this way that 
because I've had these experiences and we always start so gentle, like holding a pillow and noticing in your body when you think about even, you know, an experience of being naked around people that you don't know what Saz talking about, like, what do you notice comes up in your body? Like, where are there, where is there constriction in your body when you imagine that? Like, even as we're talking this whole episode, you might feel these constrictions in your guts, in your pelvis, in your chest, in your throat, and, and allowing yourself to just be with that, to place a hand there, you know, because, and again, that's where the grief kind of the, the grief as is a landscape, right? So grief isn't just sadness. Grief is so many things. Grief is awe. Grief is aliveness. Grief is life. And grief is death and sadness and sorrow and despair and all of it, all the sensations. But when we, when we come from these backgrounds, like what Sa is saying, where we've been, we've inherited shame, it, it actually feels strange to, to live a life where you don't have that. And like what Sa is saying of like, no, like setting these firm boundaries with those energies, like you don't belong in this house. You don't belong in the house of my body. Right. And, and, and to then also deal with like the tenderness to know how to be because underneath all that is is tremendous tenderness, right? Intimacy comes from feeling those constrictions that we have or the self-hatred that we have and learning how to be with it and feeling it slowly in time dissolve. And then usually we have a lot of tenderness underneath there, you know, which is such a gift mm-hmm. and also quite scary for a lot of us to feel because we're not used to slowing down and feeling so profoundly open to life and to one another. So it's scary and it's well worth the the work. Yeah. And I want to name something before we close too. And I'm going to name and I'm going to, you know, pass it on to you to speak on. It's like the, the amount of people that are studying with me who come to my workshop, who like literally every single person I know uh, far and wide have had some degree of sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. And the way I understand that being such a prevalent experience, Mm -hmm. it's because of the, the suppressed emotions, the suppressed, Mm -hmm. the unprocessed past, the unprocessed, Mm -hmm. uh, grief, the Mm -hmm. unprocessed, uh, mm-hmm. all the hard experience that we've gone through in our lives, they mm-hmm. are all, you know, mm-hmm. our inability to be with them, our inability to mm-hmm. bring somatic awareness mm-hmm. and being with the unprocessed feeling the unfelt, it, 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 bub- it starts to bubble up, mm-hmm. starts to bubble up. And then our energy of desire, our sexual energy of desire yeah. drives us. And when mm-hmm. you have the powerful unprocessed, and I say powerful to be, mm-hmm. to be non-dual here, mm-hmm. but, uh, but when you have that mm-hmm. energy of the mm-hmm. unprocessed past, you know, muddled mm-hmm. and driving mm-hmm. the energy of desire, that's when mm-hmm. violent sexual acts happen. That's yeah. when these fucked up traumatic sexual yeah. experiences happen. Yeah. And then that's how we keep resurfacing yeah. and recycling mm-hmm. horrific traumatic, traumatic experiences. And, yeah. and it's all the same fucking annoying bullshit. Yeah. And, and the way for us to not participate mm. in creating sexual harm and the way for us to mm. participate in, in, in being consensual mm. and kind mm. and gentle and loving mm. where sex can mm. be, um, the sexual encounter, the sexual, mm. um, the intimacy mm-hmm. can be a pathway to, uh, mm. it can be used as a mystical practice, mm-hmm. which I don't teach that at all because mm. in my lineage, we have, you know, the six yogas of Naropa, you have to mm. do, 
so many practices before yeah. you arrive there. Which makes you're sense. so educated. You're so thorough yeah. in this. Uh, so if people want to learn this, right. go to her. What I teach is how to release the bind of the past from the body. Yeah. So then mm. your life is filled with more mm. peace, more kindness, mm. less violence, less mm. punitiveness, mm-hmm. more restoration. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I want to hear yeah. you speak about this before mm-hmm. we go off. Like, yeah. You know, using the advantage of desire mm-hmm. to without violence. Yeah. I know? mean, what you're saying, Sa, is so powerful because it is destructive. It's like an unconscious destructive energy, right? And so even if you don't, you know, carry forth that same, you know, thing that was done to you, it might show up as just a really unconscious way of choosing partnership or shutting down completely or right. But it's, it's destructive to life. Destructive meaning like it's destructive to life because some destructive force, like we need destructive forces too. Right. But when it's unconscious, it's actually taking away life. It's actually it's causing harm just in its very nature, just by it being there, right? Without even, in my experience, without even taking any action, it's it's already causing that harm within our systems because it's pulling life force away from us. It's causing all kinds of, especially autoimmune issues. I mean, there's so many physical things that are connected to what we're speaking to that could be like a whole other episode. And, you know, it, it's like, there's something so, so intense there. So I think in my experience of working with sexual trauma and just in my own personal experience of having unconscious energies that do that aren't, you know, that destroy certain things that act out in certain ways that are not conscious. Um, and, and really, I mean, it's a, it's a journey. I'll say my own experience has been like, I've been working on this show for many years, like consistently, like in therapy, in these somatic trainings, like this is not like, I didn't just start doing this shit like yesterday. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of hot. I'm going to like become a sex educator. You know, it's like, no bitch. Like this came from the depths of like, like dark night of the soul, like not wanting to live. Like she's studying what she needs to learn, <laughs> honey. <laughs> she's teaching what she needs to learn, honey. Same for like, me, bitch. Yeah, it's, it's like, like you teach what you need to, no. you teach your medicine, your yeah. own medicine. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was like, came from like, su- like suicidal ideation and like deep, dark despair, like really like deep, dark night of feeling like so, so in cat, so like, the mask of my unworthiness was so thick, so intense. I just, I didn't even feel like I was, I was worthy of life. And, and I feel like the energy that you're talking about is connected to that. I feel like that's how extreme it can be in our nervous system sometimes, right? Like the dorsal vagal shutdown that happens and thoughts of helplessness and hopelessness are a part of that state in our nervous system. It doesn't even mean that you want to kill yourself, but those are the thoughts that are rolling around and those states themselves, you know, when we have the appropriate support can actually bring us back into our center, our power, our power inside, not over another, right? That's how that energy gets misdirected. And so, so the, the, the ways that when we work with that in the body, like what Sa is saying, like how Sa, you know, supports so many and yourself and all of us in like freeing these constrictions from the body. There's, there's a way that if you've experienced a traumatic event, sexual abuse, for example, your body did something that was so specific to that event that it needed to do to survive right? And in some cases, sometimes our bodies even get turned on 
by the things that are like, this is like existential kink, that book. And you should probably interview that person at some point. Um, I can't remember her name right now, but you can put it in the show notes. It's, it's like, we become turned on by the things that harmed us. And I'm naming this because it's actually really common and it's important for people to know that. It doesn't mean that you want that to happen again. There's nothing wrong with you, but that's how your body is so intelligent. Your body is so, it, your body is the fucking goddess. So in that moment, it was like, this is what needs to happen in order for us to survive. We need to like get frozen or we need to actually, we need to pretend like we're enjoying this to the point where your body actually might be right. And so these are like such tender things that then when we're, when we're, you know, we've moved on from those experiences that we're still feeling that way, we're still carrying the weight of that. We always begin by acknowledging that your body Exactly what you're experiencing today is exactly like the intelligence of your body. That it wasn't like your your body is not something that's against you. Your body is protecting you. And as we wake up, we become then the protectors of our bodies. So it's like initially the body was protecting you. And now, right, you get to also be the one that's there for your body. Because now your body is still doing the same thing. Our bodies are like animals. They like like our nervous systems, right? We get activated, we get triggered. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, we, we respond, we react, we react, you know, it's like, or we shut down, we shut down, we repress, we repress, we repress, and then we're depressed. Right. So it's like, this is the work. And, and the work really starts in my experience of acknowledging that the way your body is responding, like what trauma is, is not in the event. It's the way our body like stored the experience of the event. That experience today is like, like an ignition from the divine, from the goddess that is waking us up to a different way of experiencing. So it's not that there's something wrong with you that you're experiencing that. That's the shame voice, right? It's that, wow, every time I go to have sex, I'm completely disassociated. And it's like, wow, that's really beautiful information because that means that, that there's something here for you, that your body is doing this thing because it doesn't know that that was then and this is now. And this person you're choosing now is a safe person to make love with and that they care about you. And, you know, that it's like we become then, you know, the, the, like I said, the protectors, the, the adults, you know, of our own bodies, as opposed to our bodies just being the things that are you know, pulling us around, like what you were talking about, that's, that's when, you know, we start to feel like, oh, we're perpetuating these cycles. And I'm just going to say, it's okay. Like, I mean, it's not okay to cause harm. And it's not okay to obviously, I'm not talking about any kind of abuse. But the ways that we perpetuate, like being shut down, and this shows up as like choosing the partner that can't be there for us, or it shows up as us just feeling so terrified of intimacy that we just won't go there, even though it's like killing us because that's what we want. Like it shows up in these other ways and that's okay. Like it takes time to unravel these things from our systems, but you can do it. Like I've, I know that, you know, anybody can, if, if they have that desire really be there for their bodies and what your body has experienced and let yourself start to have a new experience just by recognizing like, wow, this is, I'm really, I'm really afraid right now, or I'm experiencing this sensation of constriction in my throat every time I go to speak about this thing, right? And this is a way that my body in the past, this is what it needed to do when I was a kid and it wasn't safe to express myself. And now today, oh, okay, I'm going to be with that and I'm going to show up anyway, even if I can't speak my truth yet. You know what I mean? I'm going to show up and 
almost speak my truth. <laughs> and then tomorrow I'm going to try again, you know, and, and I'm also going to be there. Like, that's why in body temple, we learn about the language of sensation because sensations give us access to those different parts of ourselves that have experienced these things in the past that keep pulling us back there. So when we get in touch with the direct sensation, sensations are, you know, we could start with constrictions and bracing because that's an easy one to feel. We get this direct access to liberation ultimately and to the goddess as an experience of living imperfectly with all the shit. Like you don't have to wait till you're worthy to manifest the right, you know, like fuck that, you know, you're worthy as you are today. And as a human being, you're always going to be making mistakes. You're always going to be repairing your ruptures. You're always going to be forgiving past selves that caused harm or that experienced certain things. Like this is just a part of the path of being human and becoming more human even, you know? And so I just mm -hmm. feel like it's important to remember that too, that, that we are already worthy of love right where we are. And, and that's the main mm -hmm. thing that we start to learn as we approach this kind of tender work in the areas of grief. And in the areas of sexuality, it really does force us to stop judging and take on these hats of curiosity, like what you are so beautiful at, Sa. Like you're so beautiful. At, you're an exemplar of being curious. And, and it sounds like a small thing, but it's not. It really liberates us, that curiosity, that openness. Mm -hmm. And that's required, like to do this work. Like you have to take off the hats of judgment and put on, you know, the robes of curiosity for yourself and your experience. And that in itself gives us, you know, the freedom to be human and not like try to fit into another box of like what other people think it looks like to be sensual or sexual or liberated or expressive, you know, because we're all different. You know, we all have different expressions and I value them all. I love how different we all are. I love how different our expressions mm -hmm. are. So, yeah. Thank you for saying that. And that reminds me so much of like, this is, and then we're going to go. We got to go. Um, we got to go. <laughs> but I just literally what's coming up for me. I mean, look, of course, now with my chaplaincy mm. work at, the, at Cedar sinai at the mm. hospital here in Los Angeles and, mm. you know, tending to the sick and the really, really tragic, traumatic experiences. Mm. Um, I'm just constantly reminded of mm. don't be fucking boring, bitch. Yeah. Don't be <laughs> Boring. And I don't mean boring like, eh, I, I mean like, don't be boring. Live no. a mythic life. Live a life of mythic proportions. You know what I mean? Don't be causing harm, bitch, but yeah. don't be boring. No, Literally. no. You can. It's you know possible. I mean? It's possible. I know we haven't seen it a lot, but it's fucking possible. We are holding the you're, torches you're, together. <laughs> that's right. You're listening to two people who are doing their best effort to not cause harm and not be boring. <laughs> it's possible. I want this. This is our prayer to you all. Like, yeah. don't be boring. Make no, no mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. And we have, we have a motto at the hospital, mm. which is act. Act, reflect, act, mm. you know? Yeah. And yeah. act and yeah. reflect. And once you reflect, yeah. reflect. Yeah. But don't let the reflection become uh, your life where no. you're uh, like, you know, moping around, reflecting around. No, like, no. Trust me, girl. Uh-uh. No. Enough. No. Pick yourself back up right the fuck now. Yeah. Rise no. the fuck now and go live a fucking epic life of mythic proportion. Yeah. This is the empowerment that we want to offer you guys yeah. right now. Yeah. Go live a life of mythic Make proportion. Make a mistake. Fuck up. 
Make yeah, mistakes. fucked up shit has happened to everyone, but every one of us, we all have gone through trauma. Everyone has gone through the most fucked up shit. Now's the time to rise. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Use the energy of desire towards liberation. Your yeah. liberation, liberation of all beings, honey. Yes. Offer it all to the goddess. Offer it all to the divine. Go. Go, 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 go. go, go. Literally enough. Je can't. No. Je cannot <laughs> with the boring life. I mean. No, and it's true. Like working so close to people that are dying, doing grief work, you know, it's like you just really see it. It's like we cannot, you have to act. Like you cannot get new information. Like so many of us feel like I want to lead or that resonates with me. I care about grief. I care about sex. I want to, you know, it's like you got to act like you got to go for it. You got to make those mistakes. You got to try to say the fucking thing you're terrified at. And even if it comes out backwards, or even if you offend somebody, then you learn how to repair, you learn how to live, you know, and I've had to learn that and I'm still learning forever, especially in the realm of intimacy. Forget it. It just goes on and on. The more open I am to love, forget it. As soon as I'm like, ah, I'm doing it. Then I'm like, there's like another edge, right? For me to be like, oh, cute. Okay. I didn't know she was here. Like, where the fuck did she come from? But like, she needs love too. Okay, let's go. Right. And that means I got to take action. Right. And, and you get information through the action, like you're saying, then you reflect, but the action is everything. And that's part of why these practices too are, are so beautiful because they're not passive. You know what I mean? It's like they're, you're, you, you know, and then you do get information. Your body will tell you the part of this broken world you're meant to, to mend and to contribute towards. Your body already knows all of this. There's nothing that we're saying that your body doesn't already know. Your body is so intelligent and carries the wisdom, you know, that is here for you to, to celebrate your life, to find the grief and the awe and to what Sa is saying to like, go do the thing, you know? start and and feel your own experience and trust that experience is enough mm-hmm. yeah Mm. Oh, amen. Thank you, my oh, sister of the you. light, my queer of the light. I love you too. <laughs> Holy shit. If I didn't have another recording starting 15 minutes, hey, I would literally stay here and let's... kick it with you for another hour because I feel I like we're you. just touching the topic. Mm. I love you so much. I know Thank it's, it's, God it's a topic like you. that, though. It's like grief and that's why it's like so funny to be like let's talk about grief and sexuality and i'm always down like for i'm down but i'm also like you know nobody knows this these areas are the, it's the mystery so we're just dancing with the mystery i don't believe anybody's a fucking expert at any of this shit i just don't buy it i don't buy it i just believe we're here to like sink our teeth into it and learn and like share that with one another and that that's enough mm-hmm. yeah and one thing that i just want to name too write poetry Mm -hmm. about your Mm -hmm. sexual shame Mm -hmm. and about your sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. I I led a poetry workshop for Mm -hmm. the members of the Somatic Activated Healing membership a couple of weeks ago. Mm. And it was incredible to see because poetry opens the door for yeah. us to talk about tragic yeah. things in yeah. beautiful ways. And that yes. starts to unravel something, yes. you know, yes. and then go find Adriana and do all the things she's offering. I love you all. I love you. I love Take you. Good love, care. You, love you. Mwah. Love you. Love you. All right, my sugar plums, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I really enjoyed having this conversation. I felt like it was such a needed conversation that we don't talk about it enough. 
So I hope this episode lit something up for you, inspired you, educated you, and you will keep searching and and stay curious. And most importantly, you will release sexual shame from your body, from your life. That shit don't serve you, honey. It's time to let it go. <sighs> Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, please rate, review, subscribe, send it to your friends, people who you think will benefit from this information. I love you very much. Take good care. Okay, I'm calling on all the home bar enthusiasts right now. Are you ready to create a new kind of bar experience? One that's sober and filled with magic? Let's create a bar that goes beyond the ordinary, honey. And let's infuse it with the spirit of adventure, wellness, and connection. And listen, with that in mind, I need to share with you Anima Mundi's Apothecary and their wonderful brand new Elixir collection. When I saw that, I was like, honey, we got to share this with the community immediately. Even if you're not interested in becoming fully sober, you're sober curious, you just want to, you know, kind of try something different that's still going to make you feel good and sassy and delicious and be like, ooh, I like this. Then this is for you. One of their elixirs that I adore, it's the Euphoria. It's composed of organic, wild-crafted, and ethically grown botanicals. It's like a, a potion for joy. And trust me when I tell you this, honey, for those of us who are on a sober journey, or if you are on a sober, curious journey, you're going to drink this, honey, and you're going to be like, ooh, girl, what's in this shit? But hey, honey, it's just a bunch of amazing, organically grown botanicals mixed together to give you that, ooh, I like this feeling. You know what I mean? And they have this Elixir Kit Barista Series. It is gorgeous, iconic, legendary. Buy it for your house or also buy it for a friend. That got to be a sweet friend, honey, because that that's going to require your, a little bit of more of an investment. You could also just get each of the elixirs by themselves, right? And it's an invitation for you to become a spiritual mocktail barista in the comfort of your own home. You know, trust me, you're going to love it. Your body is definitely going to love it. Your mind will thank you and your soul will be like, okay, honey, okay, lit. Listen, and I guarantee you that people that try these elixirs are going to be like, oh, what's going on, honey, over here? I mean, you got to find a recipe that works, but this is the base of it. It's delicious, amazing, and it's going to get you lit. Are you ready to unlock the magic of this elixir collection, honey? Head over to animamundiherbals.com. I'm going to try to spell that for you. A-N-I-M-A-M-U-N-D-I herbals.com. Herbals is spelled H-E-R-B-A. LS.com. Or instead of you listening to spell this, you know, trying to pass the spelling B over here, go to the link in the show notes. And listen, don't forget to use code capital S-A-H number one and number five, SA15 at checkout for an exclusive 15% off your order. Okay. Bless, bless all this beautiful, sober, spiritual bar experiences that you're about to create. Love you.